This is You Can Adopt, a series which explores and debunks many of the most common misconceptions about adoption in England. You'll hear first-hand experiences from many different people in all sorts of situations who've successfully adopted. Each episode is also hosted by recognisable voices who are sharing their own experiences of adoption. To find out more and to begin your journey towards growing your family, please visit www.youcanadopt.co.uk. Now, enjoy the episode. Hello, you are listening to the You Can Adopt podcast series and you're here with me, your host, Lisa Faulkner. Today, we're exploring the unique challenges and rewards of adopting a child as a single parent. The process of adoption can seem like a daunting one, and perhaps even more so if you want to do it on your own. But what many people may not realise is that single people are eligible to adopt and can begin their own unique journey to parenthood. With my ex-husband, I adopted my daughter in 2006 when she was 16 months old. It had been a long and difficult road to parenthood for us, and I made the decision to adopt following an ectopic pregnancy and lots of failed IVF attempts. Adopting my daughter was the most amazing thing that has ever happened to me, and I wouldn't have it any other way. But like every parent knows, it isn't always plain sailing. Adopting as a single parent will inevitably bring challenges, some the same and some different to others in a partnership, but it will bring huge rewards. Today, we're talking to Karen, a primary school head teacher from Swindon, who has adopted two children and is a single parent. Thank you for joining me today, Thank Karen. you for having me. So first and foremost, tell us a little bit about your family and what led you to consider adoption. So um, I'm a head teacher, as you mentioned, in Swindon, and um, I've always wanted to be a mum. Um, but life doesn't always work out maybe how you envisage it in your 20s. <laughs> so when I was mid sort of 30s, I started to think about, will I become a mum and how could I make that happen, really? I wasn't in a relationship. Um, so so that, that was the driving force is that I've always wanted to be a mum and had a lot of love to give. Um, and adoption ended up being the best route for me. And you say that adoption ended up being the best route for you. Did you explore other avenues first? I did. I looked at lots of um, sort of different ways um, to become a parent, um, whether that be through surrogacy or um, artificial insemination. But it it, it wasn't wasn't right for me. I felt that my um, my life and my values uh, sitted really well with adoption. I looked at fostering for a while as well um and even though being a mum is a job fostering is a paid job um and I felt that with the role I already had it wasn't the right route um and as, as I mentioned I've got a lot of love to give and, and there are lots of children out there that need that love and support to hopefully enable them to flourish and so you went to you decided to adopt you didn't think I mean I know that it for for me it was quite a difficult um, decision to make I really had to let let go of growing a baby of being a mother from you know in in inverted commas naturally um I I did you have any of those feelings that you wanted to you know maybe explore surrogacy or egg donation yeah. or I, I don't know you know anything I think I I didn't want to I didn't have the urge to be pregnant that wasn't in my um it, and I didn't necessarily have the urge to have a baby. 
either. My driving force was to be a mum and that could you know and that really was um and when my son came to me he was four and a half um so he you know he'd gone through the baby stage and and was um almost starting school so I it was really much it was always about being able to parent and to nurture and to love um a child I thought long and hard about whether I could love somebody else's birth child um yeah but I have to say that 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 really is a non-starter. It, it, it you know <laughs> when, once you've made that decision, um, you you love them, you love them completely, um, and that that hasn't ever come up as a, as a concern or a problem as we've gone forward. Really, when you start asking that yourself that question about adoption. Um, can I do it? Can I adopt? It is one of those questions that is so. It's a huge, it's a huge thing, and it's taking on such a, a big responsibility. Just, I suppose, the same as if you really think about having a birth child, um, but you do have an added extra with adoption. And I found that I had to ask myself that question: Can I do it? Can I adopt at all times? Whether it was, you know, having a cup of tea with my sister in the day where I felt confident about it to even going to bed, can I can I adopt in middle of the night, four o'clock in the morning? If that answer was still yes, when they became yes, every time I asked the question, I knew I was ready. Did, does that sort of resonate with yes, you? Yes, absolutely. I think I sat with it um, and spoke about it with very close friends and family for probably about two years, doing some research, thinking carefully, um, like you say, it's it's soul searching. Actually, you have to really know yourself. Think about what mm. you can, uh, what you can give, what you can manage, what you are hopefully capable of as well. Um, so yes, I abs- that absolutely resonates with me. I think talking it through with family and friends is essential. Um, and I was very, I still am very blessed that they were completely positive in um, exploring that avenue with me um, and supporting me really with that decision. Asking hard questions along the way, probing yeah. questions are, you know, have you given up on having your, you know, a birth child? Do you think that that won't happen? Uh, what if you meet somebody? How will that manage? You know, some, all the questions, to be honest, that I'd thought of myself, but they were openly voicing to me. And 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 that's great to have those relationships that can support you, but challenge you as well along the way um, is essential. And it still is. It still is now as a mother to two children. Um, I still very much need their support and challenge. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's, you know, whether you are adopting a, a single person or in a couple, your support network is the main thing you need. You need to sort of feel like you've got that uh, parachute underneath yes. you or a trampoline underneath yeah. you that you, that will just catch you. Um, and, you know, you talk about honesty and having to ask yourself difficult questions. What was your, what was one of your main worries about adopting and adopting as a single parent as well, if they were yes. different? A, a lot of it was practical. Could I 
as on my own supporting a child could I financially do it you know uh, would I be able to uh, emotionally support them uh, without another person there um the the practical sides you 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 can get sorted really or you can you can have help to I, I'm very lucky in the job that I do. I love my job and I've got a great team around me that were also uh, very positive once I told them a bit further down the line. Um, but I think hopefully we're always going to need teachers. So um, my job is as stable as it can be. Um, so financially I just had to make sure that I'd saved enough money that I could take the adoption leave because they you do need to take a quite a long period of adoption leave if possible to support your yeah. child settling really because it's such a massive change for them and for you um you need yeah. that attachment bonding time um and then emotionally really as you said that it, it's making sure you're using your network of family and friends um, all the way through. And also other you meet other adopters along the way that become part of your network and support. There's a great online community as well that you can reach out to. And also the agency that I um, went through have been amazing and have supported me uh, at different stages, um, not only during the adoption process, but after as well. Yeah. And we talk about this, this great group or this network that you've got, but how were your, how did your family and friends react when you first told them? I think my, my parents were supportive, but reticent to start with. They just wanted to make sure that I would, I was okay, really, that it would be okay. Mm. Um, Friends, again, they just wanted to make sure that I'd looked at all avenues and that this was the right one for me. But they've been nothing but supportive. I couldn't, I, I do think I couldn't have done it without them, really, especially my mum and dad. They are amazing. Um, and during all of the training, um, my mum came with me, actually. She came to all the training with me um, so that she got to understand the the challenges that you know yes. adoption children bring with them um and and how to uh, sort of approach that really because you do need a slightly different parenting style <laughs> I, <completely, laughs> I, yeah. I totally agree i think that you you really need that and i was going to say we'll probably get into it a bit more uh, when we talk about the process but to have somebody whether it you know even if, if you're adopting as a single parent what you do need is somebody to understand that your go the way you parent your adopted child may well be very different to parenting a birth yes. child or a, a child that hasn't been through trauma yes. of any type and so that those those training days with somebody else to be able to lean against are to are so mm. important I totally agree. and it's such a lot totally of information agree. to take on so to be able just to talk about it with someone afterwards I said did, did, did you get that bit did you understand that bit what did you think of that and and and, and that really helped yeah, I think it's almost, it's like the same as people going through a pregnancy and being able to talk to a doctor. It's really nice when somebody's in yes. the room or going through anything, when somebody can actually 
be the person who can step back and actually write the stuff down because sometimes when you're so immersed in it you don't hear everything straight away um i think that's why it takes a long time uh, so i was going to then it will bring me move me nicely on to talking about the adoption process and i know it's changed a lot in recent years the process of adoption is now much quicker than before. Typically, the adoption can take adoption process can take about six to nine months. We are recording this podcast in August 2020, and because of COVID-19, the adoption process may have changed um, timings and things like that. In some cases, the use of technology may have made the early stages of the process more convenient. But as Karen adopted her children before the pandemic, we're going to be talking about how the process was then. So, how did you find the process and and how did you find it as a single parent? So, I adopted my son. Um, He came to live with me in 2014 and I started the process in 2013. And it was before actually the government guidelines came in around the timings. Um, So, it wasn't the stages as such. So, it took just over a year for it to all be completed and then with my daughter um she came to live with me end of October 2019 so hasn't been with us a year yet um I was I could have skipped stage one because I went with the same agency I'd had the training before uh, and I could have been fast-tracked really was the words they used but I really wanted to do the training again um, because it was five years since I'd done it before. Um, I was also wanting to reflect on whether introducing a new person to our family was the right choice. I wasn't 100%. Uh, I was 98, 99, but I wasn't 100%. <laughs> and it wasn't just me to think about this time. There was my son about how we would be as a unit how we would change and would would we be able to do that really for the for for the benefit of both of them obviously my son and my and now my daughter so um the process started in the yeah it was the january again of two, 2018 and then i was approved january 2019 and then uh, my daughter came to live with me at the end of the October. So it was a longer process the second time round, partly because of me, because I wanted to make sure it was the right decision. And partly because when you are approved, you then go into the matching stage. And that can that's like a piece of string, really, because it has to be the right it's your child. You're looking for your child. And it has to be the right yeah. match. Um, and so because I already had a child uh, with additional needs. My son does have additional needs. I was also looking for a little girl, um, a younger with less needs on paper. It may turn out that she does, yeah. but on paper. <laughs> um, then my criteria was a little bit narrower. So it took longer to, for me to, for us to find each other. But, uh, but we did. And it felt like a long time at the time to wait. But now yeah. it's the best thing that's happened. I think it always feels, I think the whole process takes a long time with good reason. You know, we'll, we'll talk through that in a minute, but I think that, you know, whether it is six to nine months or it's a year and a half, 
it feels like forever. And you almost have to know that there's this weird time in your head. It's a bit like the time between Christmas and New Year where you don't know what day it is. And it just feels like it all goes into one, but it's quite a long time of waiting. And it's that sort of same no man's land where you're just wanting something to happen. Um, it's, it is difficult. Um, but the first time you found your agency or went through the local authority, I think, you know, pretty much that's the same thing for anybody. You find, you find a place, but talk me through when you first went to the first, um, adoption meetings as a single parent, how did you feel? Were you were you worried? Did you feel alienated? Did you look around the room and go, oh my gosh, are there anybody else on their own? Or, or how was it for you? I think it's one of the <laughs> scariest things I've done is picking up that phone and making that appointment, going to the meetings, turning what I'd been thinking about for a couple of years to start into reality. You know, that that's a big step. And you do, you go in and you can't help but look around and think, are there any other single adopters around? You know, um, but ultimately, you're trying to gather information and you're trying to find out if this is the right local authority or agency that you want to go with. Um, and then if that is, then you move forward and then they decide if they want to go with you or not. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I think I had no idea where to start, Lisa. I just, you know, you sort of Googled adoption and and tried to find my way through. Uh, this is the first time round with my son. Um, I started with my own local authority, um, but they they gave me the advice to go outside of my borough because they place Swindon children out side of borough not inside as as much as they can for some safeguarding usually reasons um so i went to other local authorities and then in the end i went with um an agency called ccs um that have been amazing throughout and did you feel sort of welcomed with open arms you know the fact that you were on your own did that change anything about how you were you were treated i don't think it did i i can't really comment on how other people were treated but I think everyone was pretty much in the same boat you know you're you're there to find out whether adoption's right for you um I think as the process goes on possibly you you I only had one social worker where I know couples have two social workers um yeah I, I and and that's done so that I suppose a single adopter doesn't feel outnumbered maybe or um, right. So there's some sort of process differences. But overall, I, I felt that I was treated the same, actually, which, which I think is a good thing. I think, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think for anyone thinking, you know what, I do want to adopt, but I am going to do this on my own. It's lovely to hear that actually you weren't no. treated any differently, That that we're all... I think it is quite a process where even if you're together as a couple, you're still going through so much of your own stuff in your head that you have to be able to deal with it sort of alone. It's it's actually something that you say, okay, whether you're doing this together or as a single parent, in your head, you have to be prepared that you can do this alone as well because you never know what's going to happen I think I yes, think as well yeah you do have to think it's like it's a lot of soul searching you do have to think about 
all those questions you don't want to think about really isn't it what if you become seriously ill how are you going to manage what you know all of, uh, and you do have to have a plan you know of thinking about how you would manage we were talking earlier about your network your support network did your social workers you know make sure that you had that 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 team yes. around that you? was probably one of the key areas actually they call it an e an eco map I think and yes they explored that quite a lot with me and and asking how secure I felt those relationships were you also have references from family and friends and I'm not sure as a single adopter if I had more references or not but I certainly had three or four um, that they went to see physically saw them, talked to them about me, um, and they asked them to write uh, a reference about being a mum. I said, you know, it's the most important job in the world, isn't it? But uh, yeah, so that they explored my support network a lot. Um, and, and rightly so, I would say. In the process of adoption, you have to be honest, don't you? You have to be completely open and... Um, maybe voice those things that you haven't voiced to anybody else before and again I can't I can't comment but maybe not even your partner you know it's it's some real real soul searching that goes on and having that open honest relationship with your social worker is is key Um, and that's why you have to choose wisely at the beginning I would say who you go with that you feel comfortable with the Mm. um, LA or with the agency because you need to completely bear your soul really to that person because yeah. they are going to be finding your child and they in, in order for them to do that they need to know you inside out and upside down um yeah. and i have to say both times you know it's it's the most perfect matches <laughs> it really is and they do their job such- amazingly they 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 are um yeah so but you have to go into the whole process being um, not 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 being precious. I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah. you, or, you just have to you have to give it up. You have to allow yourself to to be honest about how you feel about things as well. And yeah. that's really hard sometimes, especially if they're asking you about. And it might be something we talk about in a minute, Lisa. But what? what um challenges couldn't you parent what disabilities maybe would you find hard and that's really soul searching to answer those questions openly um but you need to and i think that you know while we are talking about the process this is all part of the process that you you sort of will have that that list or that questionnaire almost of what what child can you parent how can you physically and emotionally parent um as in as you say you wanted you needed to keep your job you love your job but you know also financially so you needed you wanted a child that was a certain age to help you um but then you know with with that you have to say okay so I can I can handle this this and this but I can't handle that you know and everyone is different and it is very personal um the other thing that happens in the in the process the adoption process um which I wanted to ask you about was the 
parenting groups in the fact that some people come to adoption and they know that they want to adopt, but they've never had much experience of children. You obviously have, you work with them, but did you find that there was a lot of help with, you know, maybe if you, if you wanted to look at a parenting workshop alongside the adoption workshops, there was that available to you as a single parent? Yes. So again, the agency I went with were great with that. They were great at signposting, but also um, providing that extra, especially around therapeutic parenting um, and 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 a lot of research around trauma and the brain and how it affects. You know, I think my yeah. learning curve over the last six years um, around neuroscience really and how the brain works um has is massive um and 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 that's been really a great support from the agency also i i do research myself i look into it and and find out um and it's really helped me in the job that i do i have to say it's it's supported me in supporting the children at my school as well it's been a a great crossover i i think we we'll talk about that again in in a minute because i think as a as a parent of an adopted child a lot of my friends come to me and i believe me i'm not the oracle and i don't always have the answer but i sort of have to parent outside myself i don't parent as as if my daughter is a part of me so i see her very much as her own little star in her own orbit and so she needs she needs parenting very differently to me just saying, oh, well, I used to do that, so that's okay. Um, and so I've, I suppose you just do a bit more homework than some other people. So it does help yeah. you in, in Yeah, and I, similarly, and, I have and friends who I also support, <laughs> in, you know, with their birth yes. children and, um, <laughs> and, and, you know, their anxieties or their worries about, about them. And I think, I think, Parenting an adopted child, you haven't got the you haven't got the background necessarily, the genetic background to call upon. Um, you you might know some of it, but you don't know all of it. Um, yeah, and also I think trauma is so so it it really affects. It does affect everything. Um, and yeah. even if that child was was uh, in care from birth, there's still that trauma um, of of being removed from a birth parent and also in uterus. You know, there's so much research around it, isn't there? Now, much more than there was. Yeah. Um, and my son, it's my son. My son struggles to um, regulate his emotions. Really, that's that's his biggest struggle is having big feelings and knowing how to how to show them in an appropriate way (laughs) (laughs) I I hear you um I I, it brings us nicely on to to the next bit um because I've just written down and it's funny you know we're we're doing this over zoom because of covid and I've written down trauma before you said it, because that's a, a, a huge yes. thing, which we're just about to come on to. Before we get to that, once you'd gone through the process and you were waiting for your child, 
How long did that take? I think you said the first, there were two, there were different times for both your yes. son and your daughter. And then how did your life change <laughs> once your yes. child was placed with so you? So when my son uh, was placed with me, well, my life just changed completely, really. Um, your your world becomes you and them. And, and you are you're two strangers coming together and you're getting to know each other really you're getting to find out what makes each other tick what what uh, makes each other happy what makes each other cross all of those things and it's such a privilege to to be doing that it's very intense (laughs) I think intense is a good word Um, but it's also very fulfilling as well um when my son came to live with me, I said he was four and a half um, and he was gre- he was grieving his foster carers, actually. He'd mm. been in care for uh, over two years. And so it was his foster carers that were his family. And he was, at, you know, he was grieving them. Uh, we still stay in contact with them now. We, he still sees them. Right. Um, and for him, he needed he needed routine 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 so my life was Mm. groundhog day really for about six months uh, where you know if it was tea time it's at tea time at this point we go to the park at this point it's bath time at this point but that enabled him that safety and also my me as well to know um and it also enabled us to bond together it was it was very much me and him and then I would and my parents as a single parent you do need that as well yeah but I introduce friends quite slowly um we might bump into them at the park or um yeah. or they'd come over when he was in bed to have a glass of wine with me <laughs> but <laughs> if they so it changed completely um and then it slowly it slowly we were able to slowly release really little by little so to enable him to still feel safe because that was the key thing really yeah. and that he was he would know that I was still going to be coming back for him that I was going to be there you know going to school was a big thing um yeah so and and now we're at a stage where he's a very confident little boy um who is able to share his emotions appropriately most of the time and um <laughs> he, he he tells me now he said all those all those sort of parenting traits that you do he comes back at you yeah. doesn't it now mummy i think you're looking a bit oh, yeah. cross at the moment <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I think? I really think we are bringing up these children that are so aware. Uh, I I am amazed at my daughter because she actually will say, I'm just going to take myself out of this situation for a minute because I need five minutes to calm down. And I think, oh my gosh. Oh, she'll say, I can see by your face, you're saying yes, but you don't mean yes. And I think, gosh, all those little things where you'd show yes. them facial expressions have worked. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's always those little spotlight moments that keep, even when the dark days yeah. are there, they, the sun yeah. comes out from behind the clouds. Um, did you feel, though, those first few months where 
I, I wonder, did you feel that the spotlight was even more on you? You know, when the social workers are coming around and you're being checked up on and you are sort of keeping your yes. routine for the pair of you to, to keep sane and to know that you're in these sort of boundaries. Did you feel, because maybe you were a single parent, that you were, it was even more like they were looking at you or not at all? They were checking in on me. Um yes. They were checking in on me to make sure that I was okay. I, um, I, my, again, my social worker was great. I'd get a text, you know, on a Saturday afternoon, you know, when they're not working, you know, are Aww. you, you know, hope, you, hope you're okay. Give me a ring if you're not. Um, and when they came round to visit, I think things were going, you know, things went well, um, even though it was like, like any sort of new relationship, there's ups and downs, um, but so I, again, I can't really comment if it was any different. I felt, I felt supported. Um, I did feel that if I did have a concern or a worry, that I could voice that. Um, yeah. And also, my son's social worker because they visit as well. It's not just yours. <laughs> you have yes, children. Of course. Uh, there's a lot, there's of, a lot people. of people, and then you have um, the the guardian as well who comes. So. Yeah, it, 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 and obviously with my daughter, I've had the similar experience. And I suppose I could compare it with that. I th- it felt less with her than it did with my son. But I think that may be because she, maybe she has less needs or she's younger. Right. Um, you know, when my son, the, I think he was what they would call a hard to place child um right and if maybe any people hadn't have come through you made may have been in long-term foster care which just breaks my heart right. to think about that now yeah um so yeah it was slightly less with my daughter and do you think you know these these labels that that we had that we have for these children that are just just need homes and love and safety you know a a child that's hard to place did you feel that because he was labeled that that you had more support from so from your social workers so again my my agency a very experienced agency so you negotiate with the placing agency with the with the child social workers around the support package that you're going to get yeah and because my son um has additional needs and potentially was a hard to place child you know they negotiate quite well on my behalf I got quite a good package yeah. <laughs> um to support me to support him um whereas with my daughter I got nothing this time um no. absolutely nothing <laughs> because she she was a she would have this sounds again sounds awful doesn't it but she would have been snapped up by yeah. by another family I, I have to say, I'm I'm hearing everything you say, and I think you have to be very vocal, um, and you have to be your child's biggest champion You're and supporter. Advocate, yeah, and especially you know, with children that apparently have less trauma, the help isn't there, and you have to really be the person to say no and every developmental change brings with it more issues more things that you have to navigate as a parent and I think you know you have to be quite vocal and quite strong and say 
I need yes. your help. We need help here. Oh, and and don't look at that as a failure. Look at it as something that's only going to strengthen you. Because you're fighting for them. You're fighting for them to have what they need and deserve, really. Yeah. Um, and it and it is. There's inequalities everywhere uh, with it. Sadly, I think. I think that's been the, one of the hardest things for me is is fighting for resources and um, support for my son. Um, and yeah. I'm in education and I find education hard. You know, he doesn't go to my oh. school. Uh, and I made that decision on purpose because yeah. he needed to, because he, he was older when he, he came to live with me. He needed, we needed our relationship to be mummy and son not yeah. head teacher as well. Um, and I also anticipated that there'd probably be a few issues with school <laughs> too. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And, and the, you know, the school that he, he's now actually in a special school. Um, but I, right. he started off in mainstream until he moved in year five. And, and the school tried their best. It's not that they haven't got the, um, they want to do it. They, it's just not set up for them and they don't have the support either. No. And it's actually becoming more and more of a passion of mine to support schools with adopted children and to support adopters with schools because there is nothing. There's nothing. I, I, if I, if I could do a whole yeah. program, Count a in. whole podcast <laughs> on on adoption and Ugh. education, because it is a it's a minefield, yeah. and it really is as as you know, there are so many good intentions, but there is so much yeah. education that needs. Well, to similarly, be done. as we said, parenting a, a traumatized child, you can't do traditional parenting styles. You can't have traditional schooling rewards and sanctions either because it doesn't work and actually you can no. be re-traumatizing and 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 causing more uh damage for want of a better word so yeah it, however f so that that's that's my biggest is is fighting really you feel like you're fighting all yeah. the time and it shouldn't be a fight it should be a, a working with um and I, I, yeah, I, and I think that has been the biggest eye opener for me, and hopefully, again, that has helped me in the job that I do as well. Yeah, I think I think what what it really shows if you are you know you're fighting and you're you're there roaring as your lioness mother is that you have bonded. Yes. So you know, bringing your son home, becoming that family, having that bond. It is daunting. And, you know, we've just talked about a few issues of trauma and school and whatever. But tell me about everyday life and that yeah. feeling of waking up in the morning with your family. I think it's just joyous, really. It just fills me with joy. It, um, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful that we found each other. Um and I'm thankful that I am their mum. You know, that that's 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 what I set out to be. And I am to two beautiful children. Um I think they're children first and everything else second. You know, it's yeah. you could you can you know, my son on paper. <laughs> 
you think, oh my goodness. But you, that's not who he is. That's not who he is at all. He is the funniest, loveliest little boy. Um, you know, sad. very sadly, we lost my cat uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and obviously that's, a, that's one of the first losses since... Yeah, uh, and and any loss is is difficult for uh, adopted children. Obviously, as a, a pet, um, and we we did a little ceremony and you know let off balloons oh. and all sorts to help him and me. To be fair, <laughs> yes. Um, and he said to me, "What's the postcode for heaven, Mummy?" <laughs> and I said, "I said, oh, I don't know. There is a postcode. I'm I'm not sure." He said, "I know who'll know. We'll ask Siri." And it was just, you know, <laughs> and that that's just sums it up, really. You know, it's it's a child's way of dealing with uh, different things, and it gives you an insight into a joyous world, really. Um, and my yeah. daughter, um, well, she's just slotted in. She's been amazing, um, and and she's so cheeky. She gives you that look when she knows she shouldn't be doing something. <laughs> Um, and she's very cuddly. She wants lots of li- of cuddles, which is, you know, it, it gives you something back as well, doesn't it? When you're when you're yeah. providing for them, and then they want that nurture. Absolutely. And how and how has he? Um, how has your son? Um, how has he coped with being an older brother? We've had our ups and downs. <laughs> um, he very much wanted um, a sibling. He was part of that decision making. Um, and I, I wanted a little girl. That was me. Um, but he has found it hard at times. He, he's found it hard not to share me. He's been amazing with that actually, but more around, there are different rules for her than there are for him. Um, which is part of his additional needs. So, you know, as a two-year-old, if she's throwing the remote control across the room, he doesn't understand why maybe she's not being told off. But if he did that, he'd be told off. Uh, yeah. Um, if somebody was going to ask you anything, what would your advice be to anyone that was considering adoption as, as a single parent? Oh, I would say do it. <laughs> <laughs> I would say sit with it, think about it, talk to people about it, research, but ultimately it's a leap of faith. And if you feel that you want to be a mum or a dad, it's, it's, it's amazing. Choose the right um, agency or local authority, as we've spoken about earlier, make sure that there's support after the adoption. That's key. It's not just about Obviously, it's important when you're trying to find your child, but actually you need the support after through your agency or through the local authority. What do they offer would be um, my other piece of advice. But if you want to be a parent and you've thought carefully about the different avenues, just do it. Here, here, Karen. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Thank You're you. You're very welcome. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of You Can Adopt. The whole series features many different and interesting stories from adoptive families, so please do check out the other episodes. For more information, visit www.youcanadopt.co.uk and begin your own journey towards growing your family.